0: today. We can become great at doing the, the things that we do well, the things that are, we focus on. Like I'm, I think our audience is great at selling liberty. I think we have yeah. been amazing at doing that. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. As a sales and marketing executive in the greater telecommunications cybersecurity industry, Brian works with C-level executives to help them future-proof their company's infrastructure for an uncertain future. And in each episode, Brian takes that experience and applies it to the liberty movement. You start to ask questions that piques interest and get him to feel like, okay, this guy's actually got something that maybe can help me out. And then in your asking of questions and trying to uncover the real problems, build that natural trust. I know I went in the monologue there, man. (laughs) Instead of focusing on simply winning arguments or being right, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and their application in the world of politics, showing you how to ask better questions, tell better stories, and ultimately change people's minds. And now, your host, Brian Nichols.
1: Hello, this is Eric Brakey, senior spokesperson for Young Americans for Liberty and host of the Free America Now podcast, which you can subscribe to yourself on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud or Spotify. Those are the three that we're on. I want to say thank you so much to Brian Nichols for inviting me to speak to his audience this Saturday. I appreciate it, Brian, though Brian gave me free reign to talk about pretty much anything I wanted to, which is a dangerous thing to do. Uh, especially uh, when you give that offer to a politician. Uh, I am a recovering politician. I served two terms in the Maine State Senate and uh, I got involved in this whole political craziness because of a certain Texas congressman, Ron Paul, uh, back in 2012. But today I'm going to be speaking about something that is something I've been thinking about quite a bit, but I haven't really vocalized before. And that is. In defense of the millennial generation, the millennial generation gets a bit of a bad rap. I think especially in right wing politics, I I think it has something to do with, I think especially has something to do with the fact that millennials, when polled, seem very receptive to socialism. You ask millennials, what do they think about socialism? A lot of them say they're open to socialism. And I think especially for older generations who grew up with the specter of the Soviet Union and uh, the, you know, the red enemy, that's uh, that can be pretty alarming. And I understand that. And I I personally, I'm no fan of socialism. I reject the concepts of socialism very adamantly. But I think that there's a degree to which that when many millennials say that they're open to socialism, I think that we have to understand the broader context here. Now, millennials did not grow up in a world where, you know, the Soviet Union was the boogeyman. I mean, I mean, very appropriately, they were the boogeyman. They were a terrible, brutal regime. But we grew up after the fall of the Berlin Wall. That was not the political context that we came of age in. And I think that one... Something that's interesting to note is while millennials say that they are open to socialism, when you ask them how they feel about concepts like free enterprise and entrepreneurship, which are very much bedrock capitalistic concepts, millennials say that they're very much in favor of those things. So, what gives? I think that we need to understand the millennial generation grew up in the shadow of corporate bailouts, financed with a national debt put on us by older generations and signed in our name. At the same time, we were told from kindergarten that we would be failures if we didn't go to college. So many millennials were pressured into signing their lives away at the stroke of 18 and student loans for paper degrees that didn't come with a strong job market at the end. Now I know a lot of my peers in my generation who slave away in coffee shops Paying mortgage-sized loans off to those same big financial institutions who got those bailouts with those national debts signed in our name before many of us even had voted for the first time in our lives. All the while, a central bank fleeces everyone's wages with inflation, taking away even what little people are able to save. Some have even had the gall to call this system of corporate plunder capitalism. Now, you and I might understand that that is not capitalism. This is crony capitalism. This is corporatism, or some may even go so far as to call it fascism. I mean, that's what Mussolini would have called it. That's how Mussolini defined fascism, the merger of corporate interests and government interests. But for a lot of millennials, that point is kind of lost on them because this is what we understand to be capitalism so many in the millennial generation this is what we were told for so long that capitalism is so personally i mean i would say if this crony capitalism is capitalism then you can count me out of that i don't support this system whatever you call it we are living under a financial conspiracy of corporate and government interests that ensures the banks are always too big to fail privatized profits and socialized losses that's the system for the big guys when millennials see that, those big corporations get the benefits of socialism for themselves with bailouts and corporate welfare, who wouldn't begin to wonder why if there's so much for, to go around for the big guys, why the little guys don't get a piece? Why aren't we getting free health care when the military industrial complex gets trillions in tax dollars and the lives of our brothers and sisters to throw into pointless mass murder campaigns in the Middle East? Why are student loan debts the only form of debt that Congress has legally established follows you even through bankruptcy? And why did older generations, including the entire K 12 public education system, push so hard for us when we were young and impressionable into this system of predatory loans? Congress is poised to raise the debt ceiling beyond $30 trillion in the near future. They just raised it and they're, we're getting to $30 trillion before we know it. If our own government won't pay its debts, why are those in student loan debts this form of debt slavery? Why are they expected to pay their debts? Millennials look around and they see that there are double standards that, are being, that they're expected to follow that older generations who are preaching this to them haven't followed themselves. And I think that with the idea that if this is capitalism, so many millennials, and including many in Gen Z, say, well, this is, if this is capitalism, then I'm not for that. I must be for this socialism thing, which has been branded really well over the course of the last 20 years. And by branded really well, I guess I just mean in comparison to capitalism, because socialism is kind of winning by default because those claiming to represent capitalism are doing such a poor job of capitalism. But here's something that the millennial generation is doing very well. The millennial generation, and of course, this isn't everyone, but many of the leaders of this particular new phenomenon are people in the millennial generation and younger generations. They're building a parallel financial system through Bitcoin and cryptocurrency They see more than past generations that we are totally being fleeced. We are being fleeced by the central bank. We are being fleeced by the system of debt. And it looks pretty obvious that this system is unsustainable. It's going to collapse. So millennials are leading the charge, building up parallel financial systems, building up decentralized banking, decentralized currency, cryptocurrency. And getting a head start because we know that the system is going to collapse and it is going to fall upon the younger generations to pick up the pieces. So why not start building a new better system now? Now, if cryptocurrency is the future that the millennial generation is building to replace this old, tired central banking system, which let's be honest, this central banking system, call it capitalism all you want, but this A central bank is a core plank of the communist manifesto. So don't tell me that this new generation that is building a decentralized cryptocurrency system is more socialist than the generations that came before. Previous generations adopted socialism piece by piece and called it capitalism. So I don't care if the millennial generation calls it socialism or calls it what? Whatever, whatever they call it. If they're building a system that is built upon market principles of decentralization, empowering the little guy to take control of their own financial situation and not rely on these big banksters who are screwing us over using the power of government to fleece the little guy, then you know what? I say that's a pretty capitalist generation, and I don't care what they call themselves. So we're going to have to pick up the pieces The millennial generation is going to have to do it. Generation Z is going to have to do it along with us. When this system collapses, I have confidence we're going to be ready.
0: Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Want to help us reach more people? Give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at liberty and consider donating to the show at BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Laura Stanley, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankowitz, Cody Johns, Craig DeCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. Trust the experts, we're all in this together. If it saves one life. Raise your hand if you've heard any of those tiresome phrases over the past year and a half. I know my hand is currently raised. Millions of people across dozens of industries were labeled unessential and forced to lock down with livelihoods and futures crushed in an instant. And as government has continued to expand its power and leverage fear to turn neighbor against neighbor, a group of filmmakers have taken a stand and are determined to help set the record straight on the importance of following the actual Science of the pandemic. Follow the science on lockdowns and liberty from the Sound Mind Trader Group is a brand new docu series highlighting the stories of those negatively impacted over the past year and a half by ineffective government policies enacted in the name of following the science. With noted experts like Nick Hudson from Panda, the pandemic data and analytics organization, healthcare policy advisors like Scott Atlas, and telling the stories of business owners, families, and just your average everyday person harmed by these government mandates. Follow the science on. Lockdowns and Liberty is giving us a chance to make sure the true stories of the pandemic are told. So please help us at The Brian Nichols Show in supporting the Sound Mind Creative Group. With noted figures in the Liberty Movement like Dr. Tom Woods donating thousands of their own dollars to this project, you know just how important this project is. So head to Show.com forward slash follow the science to donate and catch their brand new trailer to the docuseries one more time. That's briannicholsshow.com forward slash follow the science.